With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is going on in Philadelphia? What is going on in Russia? This is a huge story for the Philadelphia Flyers and major impacts. Let's talk about it all right now. This is the Orange and Back Check Podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode 119 of Orange and Back Check. Uh, I think episode three or four of the 2022 offseason, and we reached a point already where we're like, what the hell is going on? They hired John Tortorella, and we're all getting excited, and three major stories come out for the Flyers involving major injuries, major detainees. I mean, this is one of the craziest weeks, two weeks really, for Philadelphia Flyers, and we're going to lead it off here. Uh goalie and rookie who just signed his uh, entry-level contract for the team to compete against uh, Felix Sandstrom, expected at least to compete against in his backup role uh, this coming season to go against Carter Hart. Ivan Fedotov in Russia has been detained uh, by Russian officials, military officials, whatever you want to call it. Uh, there's possible poisoning in this. Uh, it's 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 one of those things where you hear about it in the 80s when the Soviet Union was at the height of its power in the 70s, and you're like, wow, what's going on here? Um, but this is happening in 2022, and it's impacting right here in Philadelphia. Scott, what is what's going on, man? Like this is one of the craziest things we've seen in a long time in sports history. Like it's it's one of those. It's going to reach that point if the NHL starts to dive into this because they have to. Uh, absolutely. I mean, look, look, there's a guy here where he was detained for possibly uh, not doing his military uh, duties and then possibly being poisoned after falling ill. His lawyer told, you know, Russian state news agency, you know, they've turned around and said now it's like, you know, as I've understand it, it's been stressed. It's got a gastritis. Um, still, though, I, th- this is something that you think out of a movie, it, it, but it's real because Russia has just seemed to be going off the deep end again you know not this is this isn't political you know i'm not getting into commentary about you know ongoing world events if we're a hockey podcast we're not supposed to take things that seriously but when things like this happen it it becomes concerning you know when when people are in, in from a human rights perspective when people are you know being detained and possibly being poisoned and someone with a stature you know someone like like ivan fedotov and you know, you start to wonder, like the Athletic put out earlier this week, or, or is this going to happen with other NHL players? Are they not going to be coming back from Russia, the ones that have gone over there? Um, you know, they say there's not too much to be concerned about. 
but I think there is. I mean, this is this is the this is wartime for Russia. It's the wartime in the Kremlin. It's it's Vladimir Putin who just seems to be, you know, the king of propaganda. So it's it's more or less is that something's it's it seems out of control. It just seems like this is going to be part of the tip of the iceberg, if you ask me. But I. I it's crazy that a guy that, you know, they were counting on to come over and, and challenge for the backup position now, now the Flash has to go another plan because they don't know what the future of Fedotov is going to be. I mean, if he was yeah. possibly poisoned, you'd only actually know how long he'll actually be until, you know, A, he's released, and B, how long it would take him to get healthy. But, man, over the last six months since Russia invaded Ukraine, just this kind of stuff, it's weird. <laughs> you haven't seen it in 40 years, and now it's happening all over again. Yeah, and that's the scary thing. Like it, it's like I said earlier in, in in the intro. Like it's you don't think about it until it happens, and right. unfortunately, like that's what's happening here with Russia, like or with Ukraine, and and just any time that you see a player that's directly impacted. Look, what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening in Russia is a tragedy, and we can accept accept that and realize that it's a tragedy, but then you don't really do anything about it or try to talk about it like we are until it directly impacts something you cover or are connected to. And we, had, I, I'm self-aware of that. So it's like uh, the latest with Fedotov is he's actually close to the Finnish border, uh, which is, are they one of the countries who just joined NATO? I think they, they did. They applied for NATO, yes. They applied for NATO. So it, Sweden it's and a really, Finland did. It's a really interesting thing of what could happen here. Like, does... Do governments or does the NHL try and step in to get these these players out? Because it's like you said, it's not going to be just a Fedotov issue in the in the coming weeks, in the coming months, because of as we get closer to training camp. Um, especially because you think about it, like the Flyers are not the only ones that have this month in the month of July the 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 development camp. They go to the shore, whatever it is, and mm. Fedotov was expected to be there. So it's like, what other Russian rookies, KHL signees, whatever the case may be, are stuck in the scenario. Now, look, the problem with this is because we are basing a reports that we're reading, we can't interpret it in a free, as far as we're aware, in a free press society. Russia is putting out the info that we need to know, as they say it. Um, it's really they just by the Russian. That they want you to hear. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they're spinning it in ways that are pro-Russia, anti-Fedotov, however you want to look at it. And that's the, that's the rub here of what we have to go on. Um, as far as we know, I believe his lawyer said that he, like you said, he's not doing, he's not doing well. They're not sure what it is, but it's his stomach, uh, that's been giving him problems. They were doctors that gave him the injection after being detained at a military site. It, again, this is all related to draft dodging. And I actually did not look this up. Ivan Fedorov can't be more than 20, 20 years old. He's, he's 25. Got, he's 25. Oh, oh, okay. So he's up there. So yeah. like, this is a very precarious situation of what these teams or what the flyers can do what the nhl can do what finland can do what the uh what anyone can do honestly like this is kind of like unfortunately a wait and see kind of situation here and it's it, it you're you're just sitting on the back of your heels hoping that at some point the NHL steps in or makes a statement because they've been they've been radio silent on this so far and that's the the flyers have too and I think they don't have really have a choice. I, I, yeah. I, and there's a couple reasons why. Like, first of all, I want to say, first, if you ever went into an Army or Navy or Air Force recruiting station, 
Uh, have you ever been injected with anything? I sure as yeah. hell don't think so. I've been. I, I, I back in the day. I went to those recruiting places, and they they didn't inject me with anything. Why the hell are they doing it over there? I, I think that there's two parts. And secondly, if he's got gastritis, that that's a problem because that that's the inflammation of your stomach. Your stomach inflames. It swells. Yeah. I've had it before in the past. I had it years ago, and it, it's so painful. It's just you can't eat anything. You can't. You feel awful all the time. You're constantly in pain. It doesn't go away very easily. But I think with the NHL and the Flyers, they're really in a precarious situation because I don't think they can say anything. Because the last thing you want to do now is piss off the Russians. And look, I mean, let's be real. Like again, this isn't political commentary. This isn't you know we're a hockey podcast. The, the, this is simply just call it as you say it. But the problem is, is that if the NHL steps up and says, you know, I don't think they have much power to begin with. I don't think the NHL has any power to do anything with it because Russia has reserves the right to detain and keep anybody in the country that they want. So if the NHL goes and run in its mouth, you know, they're going to do what Ron DeSantis did with Disney and say, okay, we're going to pull this back now. Now you can't get your players back. Look, that's just how, that's how the world's working right now. And let's be real. You know, and I think it's funny is that, you know, like, you look over at the Athletic. The Athletic released a great article on the concerns that the the teams have about getting Russian players back. You know, and 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 Bill Daly told the Athletic in March, "There's a lot of things we really can't answer. I would say it's a legitimate concern that our clubs have with their Russian players going home. I don't think there's anything we can do to keep them here if they want to go. It's a tough one because if they can't get back, there's nothing we could really be able to do." Which which comes to my my mind. Okay, now if if I'll, I'll flip the script, okay. Say that you know you're a pro, like okay, and you're playing in Russia, like back in the KHL when the KHL was pretty successful, you know. And after the season, you go back to the United States. Well, what if the United States says, hey, you know, we're not letting people to travel to Russia because of what's going on over there and all that stuff for safety reasons. They can't get back, so those teams lose those players. It could be the same concept. It could be like, hey, you know what? The Russia can just be like, hey, the United States, they're getting too involved with this NATO stuff, and, you know, they, we don't like the way they're doing things, so we're not going to allow you to travel back. But at the same time, you know, these are grown-ass men. If they decide, hey, I want to go home and go back to Russia, they are the ones taking that risk. And I think the agents, and they describe it in the article here, the agents are even saying, like, you know, you know, an executive even said, like, look, the safest thing would have been not to go back. We can't control that. And the agents are like, we're not screwing around. You know, it's not like, hey, we're coming back a day before training camp. They got to give themselves a lot of runway to try to do this because I'll tell you what, if, if this is one way for the Russians to kind of really get back at the United States in a sense, because saying, hey, you know what? No, we're not going to allow them to come over here. Even if they have work visas, or whatever, they have the authority to stop them. And this is this is the world we're living in when you have an authoritarian state, an authoritative state like Russia that that could potentially happen. And I think what bothers me as a hockey fan, besides the human rights issues of, you know, telling people how, how what they can or can't do, a government shouldn't be able to do that, specifically, well, somebody in a country for whatever reason, Yeah, I would be concerned because, you know, as a hockey fan, I'm not trying to sound selfish here, I really want to see Alex Ovechkin break that goals record. And yeah. if he yeah. spends a year in Russia, he's not going to do it. And I really, really want to see that happen because I think it'd be really good for the game and for the fans to say, wow, this guy is literally the greatest goal scorer we have ever seen. 
And I think it's important for the league to have that ability for a player to get really close to that because I'll tell you what, Ovechkin's going to get close to it. So and if he can't come back from Russia, you know, it, that's, a, that's a problem. I mean, it would be quite the international news story if all of a sudden Kirill Kaprizov, Alex Ovechkin, Artemi Panarin, Sergey Bobrovsky, and Andre Vasilevsky were all not in the NHL next year. That, that, that would be a big, big deal. There's some of those major stars they have. So I look... I think it's something we have to keep an eye out. And, you know, Ivan Fedotov is one part of this. But the bigger part of it is that if Russian players aren't coming back, you know, that's going to be it's going to be a bit of an issue. Yeah. And, and bringing it close to home, like a guy like Ivan Provorov, who is still stateside, um, him, him and his girlfriend, wife, whoever it is, they're still here. I don't know if they had plans of going over to Russia, but I got to imagine at this point, no, we haven't. We just said how the Flyers haven't really said anything publicly yet about the Fedotov situation. But I got to imagine Fletcher's on the phone now with with Ivan, with anybody that's Russian, and just going, "Listen, can't have you like this is a serious situation. I, we're not really sure what the situation exactly is because it's, we're we're dealing with a country that is very close minded, very close media, and not very forthcoming with what the situations are." I don't think I, Ivan Provov is not going to go back home, and it feel you feel bad for him. But like you also, as a team and a franchise, you got to figure out what is best for him and best for you because you have to look out for your players. And if we're already dealing with a, um, albeit a guy we don't really know about in terms of the the general fan base, all you heard about was his performance in the Olympics last year and how he spun on his head for the country of Russia, uh, and it's just like. Hey, we got to look out for the players that are still here uh, to develop. And and selfishly, on the hockey side of the issues, you don't really know what Ivan Provorov's future is for this club. You, you got Ryan Ellis, that the other two stories, and that was just the big, the biggest one uh, on a human level with Ivan Fedotov. But then you were also getting updates on Ryan Ellis, who's still going through the rehab process, not expected to be, re- or it's unsure, I should say, unsure if he'll be ready for camp in September. And then the breaking news from, what, two weeks ago now, Joel Farabee had back surgery. The same surgery that uh, that Jack Eichel had and Tyler Johnson had. And this is a serious situation. Like, this is a serious thing, especially for a guy that is entering his first year of that six-year extension he, he uh, signed last year. Thankfully, it's team-friendly. It's only $30 million. But, like... Everything that is going wrong with the Flyers seems to be hitting at the same. Like it seems like once you make a hire like John Torrell that we've, but you came around to, and you're convincing, you've convinced me that it, it it was a good hire. Like, oh, okay, we're we're climbing ourselves out of the. We've taken a couple of rungs out of that ladder to get out of this hole, and then three back to back situations of of question marks on what the status of the future is. This is just, it just seems like every time you take a step forward, you take three steps back with this franchise. And that's, uh, that's what the theme is right now, it seems. You know, and it's crazy. It was one of his first formal workouts of the summer, and he was warming up with uh, light weights in the bench press. And, and, and he felt like a pinch. You know, yeah. and it's good at the fact that they caught it and he's able to get it taken care of. And it shouldn't be um, that much of an issue, it seems, to be going forward. They're not concerned about his timetable for return. But it's weird how like weightlifting can it can cause that. You know what I mean? Like it's really really weird because there was a a goalie. His name was Dan Blackburn. He played for the Rangers, 
He actually played it. If you go back, it's one of the most famous goals in Flyers history. It's the Michael Hanzu's overtime penalty shot against the Rangers. Well, that's Dan Blackburn in net there. Now, Dan Blackburn, what he did was he um, was lifting. He was, he was going to lift weights, and he felt a pinching sensation in his shoulder. So if you actually – I'll pull up a picture of him real quick. He actually played in the um, uh, the alumni game for the Flyers. So what happened with Dan Blackburn was that he injured his shoulder to a point where he was unable to um, to turn his hand like you know you have your glove hand like this and uh, what's it called let me let me let me, let me demonstrate so oh the demonstration oh the demonstration hold on one second so TikTok and yeah, yeah, and yeah hold on one second. second he's walking over. Trying to find his glove. I, I already have my glove in here. Oh, he found it. I haven't already had it in here. So, so he had his glove. Like you, you hold your glove like this. You hold it up and out. If you can see my hand like this. Well, he he couldn't move his hand, like move his a sh- a shoulder upwards like this, he, in this direction. He actually had to have it turn in this direction. So I'm going to show you this picture real quick. I'll I'll share it for those who are on YouTube. will post it on as well. Um, but this is, this is crazy because with Dan Blackburn, and why is this not working? Hold on one second. Um, let me see. Open image in new tabs. There we go. <laughs> there it is. My God, it wasn't working for me. All right. So I'm going to show you real quick. I'll share it with you. So if you look at his hand here, come on. Okay, if you look at his hand here, you can see that he's got two blockers on his hand. He's got yeah, one Yeah, I was going to say, wait a minute. He's got no, one yeah. here. Yeah, so let me zoom in on this a little bit, if it allows me to. Let me, uh, I don't know, I'm having, very, I'm, having, I'm having technical difficulties this morning. Well, this is the so, first time we're using this new recording yeah. system, and you're, we're, we're testing things out yeah, the as, first as episode the, we've done it. Yeah. Look at you. Uh, hey, listen, listen, I'm, go, go, go me, go me. Where the hell's my zoom? There it is. There it is. All right, so let's zoom in here and look at this. So you can see that he had two blocker hands on here. So, you know, he, he actually attempted a comeback, uh, but it, it didn't work. Like, so he actually got approval from the NHL and from the, uh, I believe it was the IHL when he started back into it, was that to, to use that. Now, on the underside, because when his, when his hand was lower on his hand, he could turn his hand around this way. He could, but right. not when it got past a certain point. He couldn't. He couldn't do that flipping rotation. You know, you can point your elbow up in the air. He wasn't able to do that. So now he had a glove on underneath this section here. There's an actual glove. You can see part of it there, but there's a glove there, and on top was a blocker for him to come back with that. And he wasn't. He wasn't able to continue his career after that. But it's crazy how a weightlifting injury and all that was caused by a weight injury. A weightlifting injury. All that yeah. was caused from a weightlifting injury. And which it's is funny because. You bring and not it's not funny. I shouldn't say that, but like you bring up yeah, how, how he felt a, uh, he felt the pinch in his shoulder. Faraby felt a pinch in his neck, and mm-hmm. but Faraby also now the Flyers are claiming the Flyers doctors and Chuck Fletcher are claiming this wasn't related. They don't think it was related to the shoulder injuries that he was battling through that caused him to miss eighteen or nineteen games this past season. I believe was the number, but like you mm-hmm. can't help but think skeptically like. 
maybe this is related and they didn't fully treat the the, the shoulder properly and just going over the the basics of the the first time you you go into that summer workout session you do one thing wrong and it tweaks something and now you're looking at what we're looking at with the back surgery and and a three to four month timeline which puts you he got it late june so we're talking late september early october at the earliest hopefully but like yeah, it just it, it's it's again poor timing on everything. That that's really what this what how this how this comes down to. Right. No, and you're you're absolutely right, and and that's that's part of the problem too is that you don't want to run into a situation where a guy's going to have a permanent problem, and you know you're counting on Faraby to be a a premier player uh, this yeah. th- th- this year, and you're really looking for him to take that next step under John Tortorella. And, you know, everything I've heard from Tortorella so far, I'm really, really excited for this hire. I think that everything he's saying is the right thing, and I I don't think it's lip service. You know, I'm going to go out, before we go on to the Ellis situation, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to save something for after we talk about Ryan Ellis that you're going to okay. think I'm absolutely nuts on, but I'm going to make a prediction about John Tortorella. So uh, anyway, let, me, let me show you this real quick, though, just to give you one more thing, and we'll move on from it. Here's a really good picture of this. So Dan Blackburn, and this is why I said this weight injury, weight weightlifting injuries are, are problematic. Uh, Dan Blackburn played in the alumni game against with the Flyers against the Flyers in 2012, and you can see here that there is that blocker. Oh yeah, yeah. And so he's got the double blocker right there, and underneath that is that glove. So that's crazy, and it's crazy. I find odd. I find odd. There are two different models. <laughs> They're absolutely yeah. two different models. He's got the Velocity Series here. He's got the Vision Series here, which is really strange. Anyway, that's just me being a goalie nerd. Um, but that's that's uh, that's what happened with Dan Blackburn, and that's why I got to be really careful because that ended his career. That ended his career. Now he played great in that alumni game, but yeah, he, uh, he looked like he still could play at a high level. But yeah, with that, once that injury occurred, he was never he could never play again. Yeah, he was never the same. Uh, as you said, the Ryan Ellis thing, again, it's just more question marks on question marks. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, is he's progressing through this pelvic industry, in, injury um, that he had that they've identified. He's rehabbing, but like... So Fletcher said he's where he should be at in his rehab protocol, but it's still a ways away. He's still more rehab ahead than he's gone through. Uh, it's unsure if he'll be ready again as well for uh, training camp, it's camp, training camp in September. And, like, this is getting to a point now where you have to choose what, and we just talked about him, we have to choose what the, they have to figure out what the future is for Ivan Provorov because they're connected. And if, if Ryan Ellis is not going to be ready for uh, an extended period of time again for mm-hmm. this team, you have to consider, is it worth forcing a peg into a round hole or a square peg into a round hole uh, with Ivan Provov and whoever you want to pair him with that's not a true uh, top-line defenseman pairing and you just say, okay, well, we'll wait for Ryan Ellis to come back and you hope that that works out. Like, if these two aren't going to work out, you're at a point where you're kind of stuck with Ryan Ellis in, in, a, in a way. Like, you can maybe move on from that, but I think they'd rather just try it with with Ryan Ellis because you know what Ivan Provorov is and he has value throughout the league like you're more enticed to I think trade Ivan Provorov at that point than force this mediocre pairing that you would get with him whether it's with uh, Justin Braun whatever the case is 
and you just go from there because at at some point you got to realize that Ryan Ellis is not going to be healthy in time and Ivan Provorov's future depends on a top line defenseman like you had with Matt Niskanen and then you just move on and you try and have a sustainable top line pairing until Ryan Ellis can come back and be a, a force in this league. That's really what this I think this is coming down to. Well, I, I don't know. And here's the thing that they're going to ramp it up this month, according to, to Ryan Ellis. They're going to ramp up the rehab. Where I think he's going to get on the ice too, correct? I think yeah, that's part of uh, it. Possibly, possibly. I think that that's from what I understand. It, it's still it's still going in the right direction. Right. For whatever this injury was, which we won't know until he's back healthy, until it comes down the line, it'll be more like what like what Jonathan Taves went through and he wasn't going to play, and turns out he was having a health disorder. Um, I think it was autoimmune, autoimmune disorder. We're mm-hmm. not going to know until he's completely healed up, or if the other. And unfortunately, if hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but if he has to retire because he can't he can't play anymore. Well, my my concern with this is. Um, is that I, I see your point about having to say, hey, you know what, I think we need to move on and, you know, we need to figure out something we got to do a pro rob. I, I, I think defensively, having a coach like Tortorella will make up enough for this for now because you have enough talent back there. You, you have, you have, you have Provorov, you get him going with a guy like Cam York, I can make a difference. You have, yeah. you know, Erasmus Ristolainen, you have uh, uh, Travis Sanheim, um, and you have enough you have enough back there to to have your top four pair where you can really fill in as you need to down further, because really if you get Ellis back, then you're talking Cam York probably on the third pairing, which is really a bad thing. That's considering not a bad what thing. That's not a bad thing at all. No. So and then really you're filling out your six, seven, and eight. So I mean it's it's you know that's what you're really doing. Yeah, but then is, I would say, but I would even say then if you're confident with the the top four pairing even without a Ryan Ellis. You can make the same argument for, okay, we're confident with our top four pairing with a Ryan Ellis, and let's get some trade value out of an Ivan Provorov and see what we can get out of that. And then yeah, you're talking he's, about... He's not, if he's not healthy, though, then you're right. losing your... Then your Travis Sanheim becomes your top defender. It, it, right. And that's the thing, that you're, you're trading away... he's not away. a bad... Yeah. Uh, Sanheim played really well. We went into last year saying, hey, the question mark this year is the future of Sanheim and where he fits in this team. And he has really answered a lot of critics including us uh over the course of his uh, the that last season despite how bad overall the season was he was one of the few very very few bright spots and all of a sudden the questions that we had for Sanheim have now transferred to Ivan Provorov that's my point like that's that's where I kind of fall in line with if you're gonna look at um trying to figure out what you can take the risk of if you're confident that Ryan Ellis is going to be healthy and again it doesn't sound like they're a hundred percent convinced he will be, but if you get through this month of July and say, "Hey, he he's progressing really, really nicely," what can we get at a trade value out of Ivan Provorov? And then the exact opposite, because if Ryan Ellis isn't healthy, then you got to figure out what how you can fit Ivan Provorov into the system. So it's a it's a it's an interesting line of questions that is going to be answered here in the next month. That's that's where I, I I'm falling. Well, here the only problem I have with that specifically of and it's going to sound crazy coming right now the only issue i have about installing sandheim trading prover up at this moment with with more questions about ryan ellis's health and having travis sandheim there you, and if you're going to flip prover up you've got to get something back on your return back on your blue line for that because you can't have travis sandheim as your top defender for one reason he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year 
You, 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 that that is a major major problem. And yes, you have a whole season with him still. I don't think the Flyers are going to be able to re-sign him after this season. I just don't think it's going to be possible. I, you you signed Rasmus Ristolainen, yeah, and then you have Sanheim here, who's you you know, but Sanheim's going to command probably that double what he's doing now if he's if he's yeah. that if he's going to be a top pairing defenseman in the NHL. I mean, Sanheim and Provorov worked okay, but he, Sanheim had more consistency with a guy like Ristolainen. Um, but he's making four point six seven five this year. You know, you might and it's, you might be better off trading Sanheim this year because then you have that value where yeah. you know you might be better off trading Sanheim now and getting something a little a little more term on your back end, whether it's going to be with for something for Provorov or something for that second pairing because then you can slide Cam York up to your second pairing with Rasmus Dalinen, and then what you have Ronnie Atard or you know um, Ronnie Adard. Uh, you know, who could be on your third pairing, and then you bring up a veteran guy and make, and make the roster constructed that way. I don't know if they're going to trade Provorov per se. I don't, I, I, I would, Provorov's got term. So, I mean, teams are going to look at that. I mean, Provorov's got some term left on his deal. I have to see how much specifically. Um, but Provorov has term left on his deal, uh, which will help him in the Flyers case for they want stability. But for, Sanheim, and yeah, he's got yeah. After this season, he's got three years left on his deal. I, I don't think they're gonna move him. I, I just, I, they, they, he would command it, but I think they would if they're gonna keep Ellis in the plans. They're, they'll keep him, but I think you're better off flipping for for something for with with Travis Sanheim only because he's a little bit uh, younger. He's got a little bit more uh, upside in a sense, and that you could probably get him for a team that has a little more cap space that can, can commit to him to a long-term deal, um, and that would be better off in that aspect because you have you – know, the Flyers are set on defense for a while here, and here's why. Yeah. You have Provop with term. You have Ryan Ellis with term. You have Rasmus Ryan with term. Okay, You have Cam York, who you're going to control for the next five years, or five, six years. You have – Ronnie Adder, Adder, whether you decide to stay with him or not. And then you still have the draft coming up, depending on what's going to happen with the draft, what kind of defenseman you're going to pull there. So there's a lot of flexibility on their back end, so I don't have too much concern. When you talk about Ryan Ellis, I think that he's going to come back at some point. If he doesn't work in his rehab, you still have LTIR. And then you have more cap flexibility to go out and make a move to do that next season or whatnot. So I, I'm not overly concerned about where he's at. I'd rather him take the time to have the guy come back and do what he can. Whatever this injury is, we're going to find out down the line it's going to be bigger than we thought it was. So, um, yeah, yeah, whatever it was. they're just calling it, it a it, pelvic. They're just calling it a pelvic region or whatever the, yeah. whatever the terminology is. I wonder yeah. if he had something similar to that Mark Strait injury. Remember Mark Strait had like a, a, a pubic, uh, pubic plate break or something along those lines? Yeah. So yeah. Like, I, I wonder if it's something to do with the – with the bone and like the, you know, something along those lines where, you know, surgery is not really an option. So I wonder if it's like just sort of a combination of things between core muscles, some sort of muscular thing there that they have to like rebuild back up. So, um, it, it, it it's crazy. It's, it's yeah. crazy how that I, happened. It, it's crazy. And it's just one of those things where a guy like John Tortorella has his hands full. And I, I think his primary focus seems, like he says, is playing off the puck, and that's a lot of defense, or excuse me, that's a lot of offensive players learning how to play on the defensive side, getting the puck back in the neutral zone, and keeping the puck in your offensive zone. And just the fact when you're down men 
like Ivan Provorov, like or excuse me, like Ryan Ellis, like any of these guys that have question marks, Joel Farabee, the like, like it's one of those things where <laughs> it's almost unfair for for uh, for John Tortorella to walk into, but this is what he signed up for, and this is how it's it's going to be for the next couple of months uh, for the team, unfortunately, but. Um, What's this prediction? I'm I, now I'm dying for this prediction of what this John Tortorella prediction is under the Flyers' uh, uh, leadership. Well, you know what? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna hit the little the little drum roll. Okay, all right. That, that's gonna be coming up. So everything I've heard about John Tortorella so far, I I completely completely agree with. I was a there's no question that John Tortorella used to be, he gets snappy with the media. He gets, uh, you know, um, what's it called? He has a bit of it, an aura about him that he's a little too tough on his players. Everything I've heard him talk about, I don't know if it's something where it's maturity. And it seems like it was. It seems like the Columbus job really has, has changed him as a coach. Because when you see him in, like, you know, the the road to the Winter Classic, that series where on HBO and how aggressive yeah. he was with the player and all that stuff and going into this and all that stuff. And he was really, he just seemed like, man, he's just really hard on these guys. It seems like everything he said so far about like with Columbus, he handed off his X's and O's to his assistant coach, um, Anthony Sanfilippo on uh, on, uh, on Snow the Goalie, had a great, great interview with him. Fantastic interview with our buddy uh, Anthony, Sanfilippo, Anthony Sanfilippo. Um so I, I I think this okay. He's done a he said all the right things. He's talking about the team building concept. You know it's weird like when I went you when before you start coaching you know and you have to go through USA Hockey and you have to go through like your, your um these seminars to learn how to coach and all that stuff. They teach basically teach you how to go about coaching. Yeah. It seems like to me that he's taken a lot of those concepts and moved forward with it because of how the player has changed. And really, it's because they changed because the player has changed over the years and the kids are younger. They're not receptive to the screaming. They're not receptive to, you know, hard being hard. They're more receptive to, you know, like small area games, team building concepts, stuff like that. And USA Hockey does a really good job, you know, uh, doing that. He's very good about teaching the mental side of the game, it seems to me, which I think is really, really underrated. I don't think people realize how big of a deal it is in hockey because you really have to grind them through when you have ups and downs through an 82-game season. It is a grind. So, with that being said, I've heard everything John Tortorella says, and I, I, I listen, I get, I'm sitting there, I'm like, man, I really believe in this guy. Like, I legitimately believe in this guy. Like, man, any Greek preconceptions that I had from him before are gone. Like, I thought he was a, I, you know, like, first I, was, I didn't, like, ah, Tortorella, I don't know if he's the right fit. But hearing him explain his methods of coaching resonate with me personally on a, on a level where I'm like, it hits me at my core. I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's the same way I would have done it. That's the same way I would have done it. That's the same way I would have done it. And look, I'm not a pro coach. I will never be a pro coach. I have coached in the past. And, you know, and I just hear this stuff, though. But I'm like, that, 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 that's exactly what you're supposed to do to get the, your, the team to build. And I think that that's what the Flyers realize that this need. He's not an X's and O's guy anymore. And that's, that's a, a, you know, defensive structure. It's important. And he talks about that. And you need that. For, and it's absolutely true. X's and O's are important. But it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the team building concept, the team concept, and also the fact that you're getting these players to push them to a level 
to where they believe in themselves and they 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 know they can get themselves to the next level. With that all being said, I'm going to make a prediction right now. Okay, what's today's date? Today's date is July third. Okay, July third, two thousand twenty-two, and I want you. I'm going to hit this mark clip button right here because of what I'm about to say. I just added that marker right there on our new platform. Okay, I'm going to guarantee. Yes, I use the G word. Guarantee. Oh boy. Guarantee that John Tortorella, before the end of this term, of so that's four coach, years. So that's okay, four years. Within four years, John Tortorella will get this team within four wins of a Stanley Cup. Okay, you know that's that's a prediction, but. <laughs> That's just that's just off. That like I, I, no, I I I guarantee it. You'll get within four wins of a. I, he's gonna so get exactly where we final. were in 2010 under Peter Laviolette. Listen, when you get to a final, it's a toss up. So many things. Listen. Oh, I didn't want that. Yeah, that. You're good. Yeah. There it is. Uh huh. Exactly. I didn't. I look in twenty in two thousand four. I thought the Flyers were going to win the Stanley Cup with that team. I thought they didn't. They, they didn't even get to the final. Twenty ten. Yeah. I thought they were going to win the Stanley because because it felt like destiny and Danny Breer talking about the destiny and all that stuff, and they didn't win it. I I just think with this team the way he goes about it because you really explained how he talked about with how they remember when Columbus swept Tampa a few years ago. Yeah. They just because he said they were playing loose. And Tampa was real uptight. And when they when they, when the ball and the momentum got rolling in the direction, they kept going and going and going and going and going. And they, and, they, and and the thing is, is that he even admitted, you know, we needed more skill on that team, but we worked really hard and we made a hard team to play against. I think there's enough skill on this Flyers team. I think there's more skill here than there is on that Columbus team. And that's my point. Is that, yeah. you know, Barry Trotz now announced that he's not going to be coming back this season. He's not going to be coaching this season, which we didn't really talk about. He didn't sneak, He's a sidebar, but he, he turned down multiple offers. He's not coaching in the NHL this season. So the Islanders, I think, are going to take a step back. I, I, I just I think under a new coach, the Islanders are going to take a step back. At some point, Pittsburgh's going to take a step back because it doesn't look like they're going to resign Evgeny Malkin. The Tang is a question mark now. They're, they're, they're headed towards a rebuild. Washington at one point, I thought it would be last season, they're going to take a step back, and Boston's going to take a step back. Boston's going to take a major step back, especially with firing their coach now. And if my three-year-old you son have, would stop screaming in the kitchen, Absolute I, could be, chaos. I, I could get to my point. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, the thing is, is that I, I honestly think that the Flyers are going to have enough room here to really move and step forward. Now, look, all the bad luck they've had so far in the offseason with Ivan Fedotov and now with, with Orion Ellis and Joel Farabee and question marks there and what are they going to do roster construction-wise? There's a big aspect. But I think there's enough wiggle room here where yeah. some teams are going to need to take a step back and rebuild. The Flyers are going to have an opportunity, not just de facto, I think that Don Tortorella is going to write this team, but I think there's talent on this team more than Columbus, and if he gets this team with an identity where they're hard to play against, they will be built for the playoffs. And that's what I'm saying, is that the way he's going about coaching this team, his, his method, the, the concept about the team building, the concept about how, you know, how he structures and, and interacts with the players, 
I believe that John Tortorella is going to get this team close to the finish line. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's going to win him a cup. No, I, I'm not going to say that because I, it, it's never guaranteed. I mean, look at look at how lucky, not going to say lucky, but look how fortunate the Rangers got this year. Look, yeah. the Rangers got really fortunate in the first two rounds before they hit a wall in Tampa Bay. But at the same time, I think that if the cards fall in the right direction, the Flyers can get there. And then from there, it's a coin flip. It really is a coin flip. Because look what happened in this year's final with Colorado winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, look, like Tampa battled back and battled back and battled back. And finally, they just came up one goal short in game in game five. Yeah. And, and, and and really, I'm sorry, game six. They came up one goal short in game six. They took it to overtime the, you know, the game before. And, uh, I'm sorry, they, they blew them out in one game. They get close. They came up one goal short from getting to a game seven. And, and they probably would have been very hard to play against. That's my point, is that so many different things can happen. That I think that John Tortorello is a coach for this specific group of players to get this team to a Stanley Cup final. I, I just, I believe it. I believe it. I mean, I'm not going to say I hope you're wrong. I'm not going to say I hope you're wrong on that. Obviously, I hope you're right, but that's a people bold are prediction be for them. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think people are going to say you're absolutely nuts. What do you see in this team at that? They're so far away. They're closer to a rebuild than they are. A, I disagree. I think the tools are there. It's about people undervalue the mental aspect of the game, they undervalue the mental portion of how the game is supposed to be coached. And with this team, if they're fragile mentally, you got a guy who's going to run your ass out of town, if, you know, in a sense, if you're not playing as hard as you need to play. And I don't think that these players have been even pushed close to their maximum potential. Guys like Ivan Ivan Provar, do you think he's hit his ceiling? Absolutely not. Travis Konechny? Hell no. You know, even Sean Couturier. With all due respect, Sean Couturier's been the best player for a while on this team. I think Sean Couturier can be better. When he talks about there's more there... He's talking about the mental aspect of the game. And that me yeah. gets juiced up because I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh my God, like he's right. Like, the, you know, like you can get into these guys and get them to play even better and get them to play harder. Look at all the emotion I have right now just talking about this because <laughs> I, look, it's just from personal experience, I understand that level. That's why I'm saying is that the cards fall in the right place. He's going to get them there. And I think within four years, regardless, he'll get them there. And I, I think that that's really, really important for people to know that they're closer than you think you have the right person in the right seat. He's going to take you to the promised land. He's going to get you close enough to it. I'm not saying he's going to, he's going to coach his team to a Stanley cup, but he'll get him within striking distance of one. And then it's up to the team from there. So that's right. the way I look at it. And that, that's my bold prediction on July 3rd, 2022. So four years from now, when we're still yeah, doing July this podcast, 3rd, 2026, we're all going to be mocking yeah. you. Yeah, it would be like, yeah, you idiot. They've, they've been a re, they rebuilt three years ago. Yeah, all right, I'll admit I was wrong. But if yeah. I'm not, if I'm not, then, you know, I'm just going to sit here and say, yeah, I just, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever. I don't uh, told you so. It's just, I'm, it's, my, it's, my, it's my bold prediction. All right. Yeah, I hope you're right. That's all I'll say. If you agree with right. uh, Scott's uh, Scott's prediction, shoot us an email, orangebacktrack at gmail.com. Talk, talk with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff. At O Backcheck on Twitter, at Orange Backcheck Podcast on Instagram. We hope to hear from you soon. Follow us on Facebook, all that good stuff. And we'll talk to you next time. Four wins within a Stanley Cup. Guaranteed.